It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 4th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross and I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, We're going to recap the third quarter of the Orlando Magic season, name our third quarter MVP, and look ahead to the big questions facing the Orlando Magic in their final 21 games as the NBA season gets set to come to a close. It's actually 22 games, I believe, but we're getting close to the end of the season. We are in the sprint to the finish. So we'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. They're searching wherever you download podcasts for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Miami Heat before Wednesday's game against Miami? Check out Locked On Heat. Want to look ahead perhaps to Friday's game against the Timberwolves? Check out Locked On Timberwolves. No matter which team you're interested in, whether it's in the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, MLB, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we have great national podcasts, including Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Rejecting the Screen, and the Hollinger and Duncan NBA show. No matter what you're interested in, then, there's a Locked On podcast that you can download every single day. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network? It's your team every day. The third quarter of the Orlando Magic season Looked like it was going to start on a high note. Orlando was in Los Angeles coming off their best win of the season, a 119-118 victory over the Lakers on the road at Staples Center. And everything was looking pretty good. Unfortunately, that just wasn't the case. As we sit here, and there's still one more game to go in this third quarter of the season, but I figure before this four-game road trip is the best time to really recap what we've gone through over the last month and a half. The Orlando Magic went 7-12 during the third quarter of the season. It was a particularly difficult quarter. Um, This certainly started off in a bad spot, but Orlando opened the third quarter of the season with just two wins and nine losses. Two wins in 11 games. They followed that up with the current stretch that they're in where they've won five of their past eight. But obviously not a good stretch of games. In fact, under most circumstances, the Magic will probably find themselves in deep trouble. They've certainly lost grip of the seventh seed. They're now a half game back in the Nets after Brooklyn's come from behind victory over the Celtics on Tuesday. 
But they're still relatively comfortably ahead of the Washington Wizards. Now, four and a half games up on the Wizards after Washington's loss to Sacramento. So the playoffs are not really in doubt for the Magic, barring a catastrophic collapse, which we saw happen certainly a few years ago with Scott Skiles. It's not impossible, but the Magic schedule certainly much lighter coming down the stretch here. This is actually going to be the easiest stretch of the Magic schedule coming up after this four-game road trip. Um, I'll actually go through it here. Um, they go on this four-game road trip at Miami, at Minnesota, at Houston, at Memphis. Very difficult road trip. If the Magic can get a 2-2 two and two split, they'll be doing very, very well. Then they go home versus Chicago, home versus Charlotte, at Detroit, home versus Cleveland, home versus Sacramento, at Brooklyn, versus Indiana, versus Brooklyn, versus New Orleans, versus Charlotte to get them to April. Um, by my count, that is just one game against an opponent with a winning record from March 12th through April 1st. So yeah, March is, March should be a good month to be a Magic fan if the Magic take care of business, which has generally been the case against weaker opponents, against bad teams, against teams with under 500 records. But with the way the Magic are playing right now, don't take anything for granted. So what really happened during this third quarter of the season? Did injuries finally get to this team? Did the absence of Jonathan Isaac finally get to them? It's not particularly clear. The team's offense has found a little bit of a groove, which certainly is very, very welcome. But the defense has been inconsistent. Since giving since a 106-83 win over the Charlotte Hornets on January 20th, the Magic have given up at least 100 points in every single game since then. A stretch of 18 games. 18 straight games gave up more than 100, which, you know, that's tough to do. I mean, tough to give up fewer than 100, but Orlando certainly defensively, as I talked about yesterday, struggling a ton. So again, where does that leave the Magic? Where does that leave this team? It's easy to say that, yes, this team has hit its ceiling. If we're looking at the big picture, long-term view of this team, it's hit a ceiling. There's already national writers, Tom Ziller of SB Nation, uh, really the first national writer to kind of address this, that, yes, the Magic's offense is bad. They've had the same kind of lead offensive players for a long time, and nothing seems to be changing on that front. It is time to flip the roster over a little bit. And I don't think you'll find many Magic fans who would disagree with that. It, it does feel like that this team has done all it is capable of doing and it's time to hand over the reins, so to speak, to more promising young players. That's a decision for June and July, though. But that decision becomes a little bit easier, or, or, or at least a little more interesting because of one positive development that happened during the third quarter of the season, during this stretch of the calendar. And that, to me, is why I'm naming Aaron Gordon the MVP of the third quarter of the season. Evan Forney was our MVP in the first quarter of the season for his consistency and, and the fact that he was the only player really producing any kind of offense. Nikola Vucevic was my second quarter MVP because of his consistency and bouncing back and, and playing back at that all-star level, which, which gave the Magic a new dimension. 
My first half MVPs were Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac for the future they promised. And so my third quarter MVP is once again in that vein. Aaron Gordon at the beginning of the season had the promise of taking that next step, of being one of the most versatile, dynamic players in the league. There were, there were people, Zach Lowe of ESPN being one of them, that said Aaron Gordon at his very best could be a Draymond Green light. And with his defense, we certainly could agree with you know, his inconsistent shooting and offense, there were certainly shades of that, but it was the playmaking that maybe was the question or just kind of the willingness to push the team further. And there's still a lot Aaron can grow on that front, the ability to kind of push this team higher and higher and higher. But largely this season, Gordon has not delivered on that promise. Largely, Gordon has struggled with a shot, with finding his fit in an offense that doesn't really fit him, and just delivering the basics for the Orlando Magic. Injuries didn't help. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries and, and, and the Achilles tightness that, that plagued him throughout December and January certainly slowed him down. But Aaron Gordon has started to look like the guy that we all imagined he could be. And while, yes, the defense hasn't been up to snuff, since Gordon kind of made this turn, it's not a huge sample size, of course, the Magic's offense has ticked up too. For a team that's struggled so prolifically on offense, Orlando has scored more than 100 points in their last eight games. I would imagine that is the longest such streak of the season. In those eight games, Orlando scored 133 times. They've scored at least 110 in all but one of those games, and that was Monday's loss to the Portland Trailblazers. Or two of those games, sorry. Monday's loss to the Portland Trailblazers and the loss to the Dallas Mavericks. So six of the last eight games, Orlando scored at least 110 points. The Magic's offense is playing significantly better. And while I agree with Steve Clifford that that is not what's going to win the day for the Magic, they're not going to be able to outscore teams, this good offense doesn't feel completely impermanent. They're starting to hit open shots, which is good. Starting to get open shots, which is good. And they're getting the play from Aaron Gordon that they always imagined. Aaron Gordon was not the leading scorer on the team. He was not the leading assist assist getter. He was not the leading rebounder. He is still an imperfect player molding and shaping his game and finding consistency and finding his level. In the 19 game, in his last 19 games, Gordon is averaging 16.3 points per game. That is third on the team behind Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier. He's shooting 46% from the floor, the same percentage as Evan Fournier, by the way, and 38% from beyond the arc. In addition, he's averaging 7.6 rebounds per game and 4.9 assists per game. Really, only Nikola Vucevic boasts averages that are that dynamic and versatile. Nikola Vucevic averaging 20.2 points per game on 49% shooting, just 28.7% from beyond the arc, with 10.3 rebounds and 4.1 assists per game. Vucevic had a very good quarter of the year, too. 
but it is Aaron Gordon and the dynamic play that he is making that really could change this team. As I noted after Friday's game when, in which Gordon recorded a triple-double, this Aaron Gordon, this playmaking Aaron Gordon, this, this guy that, that, that players can cut off of and receive, receive pinpoint passes, he's made some incredible passes. That is a danger off the dribble as well as, as a spot-up shooter beyond the arc. Again, Aaron shooting 38% from beyond the arc is more than respectable at this point. It's this Aaron Gordon that really changes the magic. It's this Aaron Gordon that could potentially make plays in the playoffs that is not only a strong defender, but someone the magic will turn to to create for everyone else. As I said, perhaps this is a bit speculative. Perhaps this is a bit too soon to award this and and, and a, a, a bit premature to say that he is this player full-time, that the Magic finally have the best version of Aaron Gordon that they've been waiting for all year. But you combine what that dynamic play does for this team. And yes, with the slam dunk contest, the highest profile moment of the Magic season, and at least in the national spotlight. And this quarter of the season, these last 20 games have belonged to Aaron Gordon. It, they have, it has been his playground and his proving ground in a lot of ways. There is still more to prove, however. And among the questions that I have for the fourth quarter of the season is whether this Aaron Gordon is consistent and will remain the Aaron Gordon that we can expect. Among the questions that I have for the fourth quarter of the season is whether Aaron Gordon can truly step up into a leadership role. Into a role where he is the driving force for this team. Something that we anticipated at the beginning of the season that then come to fruition. And something that he did throughout the playoffs last year. Because yes, now we're going to get into the playoffs. Now we're going to get into that very that again that that super important super important games where it's more it's just as much about your execution of your plays as it is about making plays and making things happen that's probably still Aaron Gordon depending on the matchup we'll see what the matchup ultimately is and to be sure with all the rumors still flying around about what the magic will do with Aaron Gordon this offseason and there's still plenty of rumors leaking out and coming out about what the Magic might do with Aaron Gordon in the offseason. This is Aaron Gordon's chance to prove that he belongs with this team. The last 20 games or so for Aaron Gordon have been good. Aaron Gordon has sort of reclaimed the potential that we all saw in him from the beginning of the season. It's still something that he is laying his claim to. But the third quarter of the season belonged to Aaron Gordon for finding it again, putting on an incredible performance in the dunk contest, and for keeping the magic afloat just enough to stay in seventh with a comfortable margin for their final playoff spot.
No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. And that leaves us now with the big questions left this season. There are only 22 games left in the NBA season. 22 games for the Orlando Magic to solidify their playoff position and perhaps climb to seventh, including two games against the Brooklyn Nets. 22 games to put a bow on a season that most of us would call disappointing and salvage something of value in return. As we sat here at the midpoint of the season, I think a lot of our questions had to do with the trade deadline and what direction the Magic would take. And it ended up, predictably, sitting solid. Perhaps there's a chance they could trade Evan Fournier, but it it definitely seemed like the conditions weren't present for a deal that would be advantageous to the Magic. It was clear then that Orlando valued the postseason that they believed putting players through the ringer of meaningful games late in the season was something very valuable and something worth pursuing. Maybe not doggedly pursuing, maybe not going all in for, but something they weren't going to give up. And so now, once again, we're here at the final quarter of the season, the final 20-game sprint to the finish, essentially with the understanding that these games mean something. And every question that we have about this Magic team isn't about the long-term future. As, as, as people have asked me what will happen this summer, and, and, and yes, some people have, asked, have said, I'm concerned the Magic will play really well down the stretch and they won't make the decisions they have to make. Knowing this front office as well as, as, as I think I do or, or being around them as much as uh, and hearing their philosophy as, as much as I have, my suspicion is there is nothing that can happen the rest of this season that will change what the front office wants to do. If, if I'm Jeff Weltman and I'm John Hammond, a lot of those big decisions, or at least a lot of those kind of critical decisions for this team, whether to let Evan Fournier walk or if he decides to opt in, what I'm looking for in a trade, same with Nikola Vucevic, probably same with Aaron Gordon, what, what I am looking for and how I want to build this team up next year, what I want this team to look like next season. Those discussions are probably already underway and frankly, a lot of those decisions, or at least the outlines of those decisions, because nothing can is ever set in stone in the NBA, 
are probably already made. And there is very little that this roster can do. So when I said nothing, I, I meant very little. The only thing that I think could dramatically change what the Magic want to do this offseason is Aaron Gordon really looking like the player they imagine he could be. And that might change the calculus of what they want to do with him. In which direction? I don't know. But that would change a lot of things for this Magic team if, if, if Aaron Gordon suddenly became that player, which he's shown some signs that he might be able to. No, every question facing this Magic team is about their push for the postseason. Will they climb to seventh? Will they escape playing the Milwaukee Bucks? Will they pick up enough wins to get to 500? Will they right the ship defensively? And, and getting to 500 at this point is going to be very difficult. In order for the Magic to get to 500, they'll have to finish the season 14-7. and seven. And this is not a team that has gone 14-7 and seven at any point this season. Not it's not it doesn't sound as impossible, but it it it, it, it it's pretty hard. It's gonna be pretty hard. Now the schedule certainly set up for them to take a run at it, but and and teams will be kind of screwed with their lineups late in the season. But it would be a tough ask. Certainly, the Magic should feel like they can compete and beat the Brooklyn Nets for seventh. Again, they got two games left against Brooklyn coming up here in in mid March. And that would be a, an achievable and laudable goal to go after. Of course, Orlando wants to be seventh again. Avoid the Bucks. Have a chance to steal a game in the first round, perhaps. Because I don't think they're beating the Bucks. And get that playoff experience. But I think the more important thing here, outside of this, those basic questions of where the Magic stand, if you're looking for a big picture question, the more important thing is how do you get Markel Fultz and Mo Bamba more experience in this critical time of the season? It is undoubted that the best teacher is experience. That young players, while they make mistakes, do need time on the floor. And especially coming out of Monday's game, there are a lot of questions about how Steve Clifford has distributed minutes to his youngest players. Marco Fultz gets plenty of time. I, I, I don't, don't, don't get me wrong. He plays a lot of minutes, and one game isn't going to change a ton. This will be his first time, and it has been his first time going through an entire season. This will be his first time being a meaningful player on a playoff team, just like Nikola Vucevic was a meaningful player on a playoff team, and Evan Fournier was a meaningful player on a playoff team for the first time in their careers last season. And they both struggled in the spotlight. Not necessarily in the regular season, but in the playoffs. And so the question is, how will Marco Fultz and how will Mo Bamba, frankly, who deserves a few more minutes, react to the playoff spotlight, to the playoff pressure? What do they look like when a game doesn't merely just matter but has grave consequences for what this season ultimately is. That the playoff pressure is real. And certainly with the, with the ground the Magic had to make up last year, they got that playoff pressure really early. They had to go on that run. They don't have to go on that run this year. And certainly finding urgency and, and, and creating a sense of, of, of you know, kind of danger almost 
has been difficult for this franchise, for this team. But undoubtedly, the Magic know that they can get through this stretch. And undoubtedly, the Magic know what it takes to get through here. So it's going to be interesting to see how they react this time around. But for Fultz and Bamba, it is vital that they go through this. And and, and to, to everyone, and I've met some people who have said the playoffs aren't worth it. Because even if because they'll just get swept. And I agree, a sweep would be bad. Don't get me wrong. But for guys like Fultz and Bamba, it is the practice and exposure to the preparation it takes to get there. For Fultz and Bamba, it is going through a playoff game plan and playoff preparation, even if they fail. That experience and understanding just how big the playoffs are is so vital to them. Aaron Gordon's talked about it a lot recently, actually. He was on, on the Orlando Magic Pod Squad um, and, and talked about that first playoff experience and and said just the, you know, he really said the intensity of it took him by surprise. Like, game one, you know, Toronto kind of sleepwalked in there and, and, and he said he was, he was, you know, not impressed by their crowd and then game two, you could feel it. And certainly, those guys could feel it when they came back home to Orlando and, and how the crowd tried, tried to rally behind them when they were here. So this experience is going to be valuable. Don't get it wrong. But ultimately, the big questions are the small ones, not the big picture questions. Right now, the question is, can the Magic get back to playing elite defense? Because they're not going anywhere without elite defense. Can the Magic get back to playing just Magic basketball again? Can they find the urgency inside of them? to play at that kind of frenzied pace and frenzied level. The Magic haven't always had that this year. It's been one of the great disappointments of the season. But the Magic will have to find it. They'll have to dig down deep and find it somewhere if they're going to take that important step. And from there, it's really about, again, can the Magic make open shots? Uh, is Nikola Vucevic going to maintain this kind of quasi-star level play, you know, minus his three-point shooting? Again, with the defense, of course. Are the Magic truly rounding into playoff form, which they've looked like until Saturday's game, to be perfectly honest, that, that they were getting closer and closer to that, to, to that peak form? Will they fulfill kind of the basic promise that Steve Clifford has made throughout his entire time in Orlando? That the Magic will be better at the end of the season than they were at the beginning. And frankly, the jury is out on that one, which which is, again, I, I don't think Steve Clifford is blameless in how this season has gone. Like I said, the fourth quarter of the season, it's not about the team's future. It's all about the team's present. It is all about what the Magic are doing to solidify and make the playoffs. And nothing else matters. If the Magic aren't playing playoff basketball, they are not doing their jobs from this point forward. They've got to raise their game to another level. To a closing level. This is the sprint to the finish. And of course, when they get to the playoffs, 
They'll have to find a way to raise it another level again. And of course, I think one of the big questions facing the Magic, uh, not necessarily in the fourth quarter of the season, but once they get back to the playoffs, is just how much that playoff experience prepared them for a second go-around with it. And as I said earlier, perhaps this is the last chance for this group. But the Magic certainly know. The Magic certainly understand. There is plenty of work left to do. And all the focus, honestly, and, and this, is, this is where we'll close, all the focus, honestly, is on themselves. It doesn't matter what Brooklyn's doing. It doesn't matter what Washington is doing. They've got to be worried about playing their basketball because it's good enough to beat pretty much any team in the league and get back to playing who they are. And the results will take care of themselves. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with locked on to reach sports fans. And, And I'm sure you've heard these fantastic live reads. I mean, there's improvisation. This thing isn't even in the script. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. But, 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 but. You may not know that Locked On Magic is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Magic fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And again, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Magic fans and a predominantly male audience, shout out to the ladies out there, that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll we'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. The Orlando Magic will play the Miami Heat at 7.30 on Wednesday as they begin a four-game road trip. They'll play uh, Miami, Minnesota, Memphis, and Houston. Then they're done with all the West Coast teams or all the Western Conference road trips after that. So no more Western Conference road games uh, after Tuesday. Uh, But obviously this is 
one of the more difficult games Magic are going to play. The Heat are coming off their big win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Orlando dealing with a lot of injuries. They've got um, Aaron Gordon, out, you know, missed Monday's game with right knee inflammation. It is not clear whether he will play. He did participate in practice on Tuesday, but it was a non-contact practice, so still questionable. Gary Clark uh, did not participate in practice. He also had a knee issue. He is likely out um, it, it, by all accounts. Steve Clifford kind of said that there's there, there's no way Gary, Gary Clark can do anything. Very real chance that Ken Burch and Wesawundu will be playing a lot of power forward minutes. Or, I'm sorry, not Wesawundu, but Ken Burch and James Ennis. Wesawundu should be getting minutes, but um, th- those two guys, uh, Burch and Ennis, will be playing some minutes at power forward on Wednesday if Aaron Gordon can't go, and probably if he can go, I would imagine they'll 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 need someone to back him up just the. Power, power forward position just cursed for the Orlando Magic this year at this at this point. You know, I expect the Magic to come out with a more concerted and focused effort. Um, after the way they played Monday night, um, you know, it was one of the low points of the season, I would say, Monday night. It was, it was just not a good quality effort. Um, you know, there have been games where the Magic got beat defensively and you could at least say, oh, that they fought hard. You know, the effort was there. Just They just got beat, and, and, and they weren't precise, or they didn't pay attention to detail. This was a game where they were, were not precise, no attention to detail. That's been normal this year, unfortunately. Um, and they, they didn't really have that fight and that spirit that, that this team is known for. So I do expect the Magic to come out um, a little bit more fired up on, on Wednesday night. I do expect them to play with a little bit more fire and a little bit more urgency, but... This is just not the Miami team to, to go up against and do that. Um, this is a team that requires precision and attention to detail, which the Magic are struggling with immensely right now. Orlando's been one of the worst teams in the league, uh, certainly lately, certainly in the last you know, 15, 20 games, uh, of giving up three-point field goals. Uh, the teams are shooting really well against them from beyond the arc. And again, that was a hallmark of last year's team. You, you did not shoot well from beyond the arc against the Magic. They contested so many threes. They chased you off the line. That's not happening this year. And the Miami Heat are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the entire league. They rely heavily on their three-pointers uh, for points to, to get themselves going and to get their offense moving. And this Magic team just, you know, I think they will play better. Don't get me wrong. I think that will come out of this game saying, you know, you know, and it depends on if Aaron Gordon plays. If Aaron Gordon plays, they have definitely a puncher's chance of winning um, if he doesn't, it's it's going to be significantly tougher. Uh, I think we come out of this game saying, okay, Monday was a blip. You know, the the team just the team just had a bad night. Um, they're, they're they're not maybe not all the way back, but they're they're making steps on the way back. Uh, but I just think this Miami team is on too much of a roll, and and, and I do have a lot of concerns about the way that he play, um, and and the, and the Magic's ability to stop that, um, especially with how they're playing defense lately. So. Uh, it, it's going to be a really tough game. The Heat are playing exceptionally. Uh, you know, the Heat are, are struggling a little bit. They've kind of been scuttling throughout the last month or so. Um, but big win over Milwaukee, you know, unless they're really feeling themselves, unless they're sitting kind of fat and happy. Um, it, it's going to be a tough, tough go for the Magic to get this road win. Um, but, you know, the Magic have surprised us before. It would be big to get a season series split with the Heat, keep, keep kind of bragging rights in the state to say that that, that, that last year the Magic won the season series, this year they split, so the championship stays in Orlando. Um, but uh, it, it's it, the Heat are a very, very good team. Um, you know, it's debating that. Um, and, and it's going to be a very, very tough matchup for this Magic team in particular. They're going to have to be really, really on their toes defensively. Uh, and, and I'm just, 
after Monday night, my confidence in that is, is a little bit shook. Um, Tip-off is at 7.30. The Orlando Magic taking on the Miami Heat in their final meeting of this regular season. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. So you can find me on Twitter at underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Again, that's going to do it for me today. We'll be back tomorrow with a complete coverage of the Magic's game against the Miami Heat. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.